Hello, hello, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of That's My Personal Business. Hello, welcome, welcome back, what it, whichever it is, whether you have been here for the last three years or the last three seconds, I am so excited to have you here. In case you are new, I'm Eden Schrader, your host. I am a destination wedding photographer turned business coach, and now I get to help hundreds and thousands of creatives and photographers like yourself scale their businesses and build beautiful companies that allow them to build beautiful lives, which that's kind of the premise of everything here is that you have a beautiful life outside of your business, which leads me to the most exciting intro ever. Just kidding. It's not actually. However, this intro is going to be short because this is an automation. Um, I practice what I preach, you guys, and I love having a beautiful life outside of my business. And for me personally, the way that manifests is I love kind of like taking my summers off. Like I love being able to just kind of vacation, kind of feel like I did when I was a kid and I had summers off. Obviously, I can't do that completely, but I try to clock out during the summer as much as possible. So what this looks like is minimal new content created. We don't take on any new one-on-one offerings. I just work with my becoming clients and girls, and it's lovely. And so in the honor of taking my summers off and living the Eden Schrader ways, I will not be recording new podcast episodes. So I'm actually really excited because we are going to be revisiting some of our top 10 biggest podcast episodes ever from like the first year and a half, which was a year and a half ago. And that's so insane. I cannot believe the podcast has been here for nearly three years. So each week this summer, you are going to be able to listen to either a podcast episode you haven't heard in over a year and a half, or maybe you've never heard it and you should because there are reason, there is a reason why they are in our top 10. So I'm incredibly excited for each day for us to dive into one of these iconic episodes. And you will find links for everything that we're doing, sharing, keeping up with freebies, all of that good stuff, as always in the show notes. And I would love if you came and followed along on Instagram. That's where I'm going to be sharing my summer with you, what I'm doing, what our automations look like, and much more. So I'm excited. I hope you take a page out of my book and you automate some things, you repurpose some things, and you take some of the summer off. I love you guys. I mean it. Let's get into it. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of That's My Personal Business. Today, we have the one, the only Marina Williams on the podcast. Hi. Hi, Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to have you on. You have just like exploded in the industry over the last couple months. I'm like, everyone knows who you are. Your work is incredible. I'm like so excited to dive into all the things. Thanks. Yeah. It's been a crazy year. Well, I guess it's a new year, but 2020 was crazy. Yeah. I'm like, it was a big year for everyone. And I'm like, especially for your business. So tell us a little bit about you, like a little bit of an intro for those who don't know you very well. Like tell us all about Marina. Yeah. Yes. So my name is Marina. I'm 25 years old. I live in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I'm mostly a creative portrait photographer. Um, I've kind of pivoted my business a little bit towards education. Um, I moved to Utah three years ago from Florida with my fiance. Uh, just wanted a new adventure in the mountains. Um, I actually moved out here initially for a job offer. I did photography full-time for a kid's clothing company here. Okay. Um, 
and I did that for a year and then I left just to be freelance and everything's gone up from there. That was like the oh best gosh. decision ever. So, Wild. yeah. So, oh my gosh. And I love hearing, I was going to ask you what brought you to Utah. Cause I always meet people who have left Utah. Cause that's where mm-hmm. I grew up and left. And I don't meet too many people like coming to Utah in their later twenties. Yes. Okay, cool. So you've been here for like three years. How do you like Utah? Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's definitely such a like creative hub. That's like always how Mm -hmm. I tell people as far as creatives go, there's so many people. So you were already kind of in the industry, right? When you moved here, Mm -hmm. did you kind of pick up freelancing? Cause Utah is like the way that it is. (laughs) Yeah. So it's weird. I don't know. Like when I was living in Florida, I followed so many photographers and I like realized that all of them are like based in Utah. And I was like, what is in the water there? Like, I don't know what's happening. Mostly wedding photographers Mm -hmm. who I was following, but, um, Yeah. So I don't know. I just had this idea in my head of how amazing Utah was with all the different landscapes. And of course, that's something I didn't have in Florida. We just have the beach and that's it. Um, So I moved kind of sidetrack. I moved to Barcelona after college graduation. And when I was there, I was applying to jobs in Utah and just really random. That's how I started the interview process with my job that I ended up getting. And so my fiance and I were just like, screw it. Let's pick up, move to Utah. He loves to ski. He loves to rock climb outdoorsy stuff. I don't like so the perfect. That. Yeah. I'm like, Utah's <laughs> the perfect place for it. But yeah, I'm like, if you're not into outdoorsy stuff, <laughs> that's tough. Yeah. So it's perfect for us. Cause I love it for photography. He loves it for the outdoorsy stuff. Um, but yeah, it, the community here is crazy. Like there is an unlimited number of photographers and a lot of people are like, doesn't that kind of like intimidate you? Doesn't it make it hard to stand out when there's so many, but Utah is weird because I feel like there's such a huge need for photography. Um, I feel like there's no shortage of like clients out there. Mm -hmm. So I've never really had like an issue getting clients just because I feel like there's so much work to go around, regardless of how many other photographers you are. And if anything, like moving to Utah has made my career blow up because the community here is so cool. Oh, I love that. And I feel like that's such a good thing for people to hear because the idea of like an oversaturated market, I feel like always like spooks people out of starting their own creative careers. And I know in Utah, mm-hmm. I hear that from people a lot because they're, they're like, well, there's already thousands. And I'm like, you're right. There are literally thousands of photographers mm-hmm. in Utah, but there's also like a million jobs to go around. There's so many small businesses. Um, so as you started up going like freelance and stuff, what was that process kind of like, what did your business look like a couple of years ago when you like first started? Mm-hmm. So I had done, I had been running my business on the side in college, doing mostly graduation photography, like getting grad picks was like a huge thing in the South. Um, mm-hmm. So that's pretty much all I did. I didn't even really do a couple session. I would occasionally do portrait sessions, but rarely. But um, when I first quit my job and went all in freelance, um, I did a lot of port like senior portraits. I did a lot of engagement sessions, couple sessions and some weddings Um Now I mostly focus on creative portrait sessions. That's what I love doing the most. That's what I promote the most. I know like that's what you're known for. I feel like for sure. Mm -hmm. And it's really cool because I don't know at first when I quit my job and I was like, okay, well now I have to do this full time. I have to make money. I was just promoting everything. I was like, I do it all. Whatever you want me to shoot, I'll shoot. And now I've kind of like niched down to only doing portraits, which makes me so much happier because it's what I enjoy doing the most. Um, but yeah, I love that. 
Yeah. I think that's one of my favorite things about your business is that you like solely almost do creative portraits. And I feel like for a lot of people, that's kind of myself included, especially when I first started creative portraits were kind of like my go-to unpaid, like for fun, Mm -hmm. like creative Mm -hmm. boost thing. And you've managed to like create a career off of that. So I would love to talk obviously about like this last year and what this last year has really looked like for you. Were you full time before like the pandemic and like TikTok kind of took off? Like what was your business kind of like before this huge like surge of growth? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this April will be two years since I left my job. So I was like, not a full year into doing it, but almost uh, when the pandemic hit, but TikTok is crazy. That's all I can say is like, I joined TikTok in like December, 2019. I started posting photography related videos in like January. Um, I pretty much just like went through my camera roll and found all this behind the scenes footage that I had, but I never like made videos out of, um, and just started playing around with the app. Like you know, linking it up with really popular music. And I just saw it kind of blow up way more than I thought it would. This was also like over a year ago now. And I feel like I kind of got into TikTok at the right time, just because Mm -hmm. now, you know, everyone downloaded TikTok during the pandemic. And back then there weren't quite as many people on it. So I feel like Mm -hmm. I got my foot in the door at the right time. Um, but yeah, so I just started sharing things. Um, so many of my videos started to like blow up and I was kind of like blown away by it and just like the trickle of following from TikTok went to Instagram. So that's kind of how that happened for me. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. And I think the timing on that was amazing. And I think TikTok has been the greatest lesson for me to like not ignore apps when they come out. And like, I feel like even with clubhouse, I'm like, get it together. Like what if it's the next TikTok? Cause I I did that with TikTok where I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to like, I know. I was like, I'm too old for this app. Yes. I know. I'm the same. I'm 25. And I was like, it sounds like it's for kids. Like, I don't know if I should do that. And so I had like one video go kind like baby viral in April. And even then I feel like April or TikTok was still kind of like picking up the pace. And I was like, whatever, like, it's fine. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I should (laughs) have done that. Mm -hmm. I should have taken that seriously. It's so, but it's so overwhelming too, with like having to be on top of everything. Like my fiance just told me yesterday, he's like, Oh, have you heard about like YouTube shorts or something? They're like the new thing. And I'm like, great. Another thing I have to start doing. Yeah. Oh, a (laughs) hundred percent. But it's like, I shouldn't ignore it. Like him telling me that I shouldn't ignore it because it could lead to something incredible if you're in it like early, you know, early on. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear how this like TikTok journey has been for you. Cause I do think, um, I don't know if you know, Seth Sanker, he's one of my friends. Um, and he's done really well. He does like the pride dresses. Like, I don't know if you've seen him. Um, he like makes the dresses out of like Uh the pride flags and all the different LGBTQIA flags. So he's like becoming, he was a photographer and now he's like an influencer does like all that stuff. Mm, so it's been really cool. cool to watch all these people step into like these new things. Cause you weren't doing any mm-hmm. sort of educating before, right? Was this like your first step into educating? Um, kind of, I had released, a like a mentor guide PDF about photography, mm-hmm. but that was the only education I had at the time, just that one mm-hmm. guide. Um, but yeah, so TikTok, like First, I was surprised how much local work I was able to get from TikTok Um, using like Utah hashtags, I guess, kind of. And just like, I don't know, I had people that like flew in and, you know, I have like 
out of state clients a lot. And I always ask them, how did you find me? And so many of them said TikTok, which was insane. Wild. To me. Yeah. And I, I feel like photographers are like, Oh, I don't want to be on TikTok." And I'm like, you'd be surprised how much local work you can get from this app. If you're using the right, like hashtags, you know, but, um, so that was exciting. And then just, you know, posting and getting new followers and new faces, like, the reason I kind of pivoted towards education was just because I was getting so many questions about Mm -hmm. how did you do this? How did you, what camera settings did you use? You know, like what kind of lighting is this? And I found myself just like answering the same questions over and over and over again, which was like really time consuming. And so I was like, you know what, I should start creating education, kind of like make a way to answer all these questions in like a more detailed and in-depth way for my followers that are asking them. So that's kind of like how I went to the education route. And I just found that I love doing it. Like I, I went to college for photography, my degrees in studio art with a focus in photo. And mm-hmm. I, I can like talk about this forever, but I like, oh, I love it. I, I feel like I didn't learn everything I needed to learn in college. Maybe that's because of the program I chose the university I chose, but I like graduated with still so many unanswered questions about photography And if there's like any way I can like help other people kind of skip through that awkward phase of unanswered questions through my education, then I'll do it because I just love being able to help them because I know how frustrating it is to like not know what your next steps are or what to do. Because I seriously, like in college, I learned a lot about like the technical side of photography, but Mm -hmm. nothing about like like freelancing and running a business and any of that. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. The business side of things I feel like is always what takes us creatives by surprise. (laughs) It's always like (laughs) so jarring once you start running your own business. Um, so I would love to know too, cause this is, I think one of the craziest things about social media right now. And like the way that we operate as small businesses is that years ago, even with Instagram, I feel like it used to be a slower pace at which like the rate that your business would grow. Like I'm like, you would go from like a thousand followers to like a hundred thousand followers over like a series of years. Like it would take a long time. Like that growth was really steady and kind of exponential. And now we're seeing this cool effect as these new apps come out and these new things come out where like your business can grow and almost like skip all these steps and almost like fast track this growth really quickly, which I feel like is what we've kind of seen happen to you, which is amazing. But how have you kind of adjusted? Like, how have you, cause I'm like, I know for me as my business grew, like it kind of gave me time to like adjust to like taking on more and more business things or having my business get more complicated and where you've had this success like so quickly, how has that kind of been? Like, what's that process been like, like adjusting to that when I don't feel like you probably got a ton of time to adjust, like it just kept growing. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's been really hard. Like, first of all, juggling everything has been so overwhelming. I've like, I'm actually at a point in my business right now. That's like really intimidating and frustrating for me where I'm discovering that like working with clients and doing paid photo shoots is like not my main focus anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like education is. And as much as I like love working with clients. I like education a lot more and I like doing the really creative photo shoots. So I'm kind of at this point where I'm kind of able to take a step back from client work and focus on education. And that's just like really weird for me because like, I've always been like, I'm going to be a photographer. I'm going to work with clients my whole career. That's what it's going to be. Cause that's what being a photographer is. So I'm like at this point where I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so weird. Like, I don't know what to do. 
also navigating like the social space of like hate and online bullying has been really hard for me. Um, I'm like the most sensitive person on planet earth. I cry at every TikTok I see. That's like six seconds long about like an old person. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm sobbing. So like, I'm really sensitive and TikTok especially is brutal. Those kids on there are mean. (laughs) They're so mean. So that was like one thing I wanted to ask you about if you feel comfortable. Cause I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the darker sides of social media and like one of the Mm -hmm. harder things I'm like, I do not have like some huge online presence. And even I get DMs sometimes where I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to go cry for like five days. Like, (laughs) I don't think you even realize what you just said to me. It's really hard. So I can't even imagine. I mean, I've like kind of gotten insight into it with my friend Seth because his comments are just ruthless sometimes, but how have you dealt with that? Like how has, cause I think sometimes when we see people get really famous, we're like, Oh, that's so cool. They're so lucky. Their businesses are huge. Like everything Mm -hmm. is positive, but I'm sure there's like a really hard side to it too, which is, Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I like, it was really hard at first. Like, and you know, when I was first starting to blow up on TikTok in 2020, like maybe April, May, there was a period where I like didn't go on my phone for like three days because I was in such a bad place. Like I would just cry. I would wake up every morning. I'd hand my phone to my fiance and be like, delete all the mean ones before I see them. And then hand my phone back to me. Like I literally did that because I couldn't handle it. And And it was like, honestly, I guess it's just time and experience because I'm not going to say I'm like totally fine with getting mean comments. Of course, they still hurt me, but I think I've gotten better at it. I think it just is something that you have to go through and realize that, I don't know, people that are hating on you are either just like bored and you kind of have to feel sorry for them because it's like, how many times have you been on social media and you've seen something that you didn't love or you thought was weird or you thought was lame? Have you ever like me personally or you Eden, like left oh a God, comment and like, I hate by. this. No, yeah. no, that's because we're normal people. I feel like <laughs> if you don't like it, you unfollow, you to move on, mm-hmm. you hit not interested, but mm-hmm. it just, it kind of shocked me how many people on Instagram and TikTok like feel the need to leave their opinions everywhere. Um, but I mean, I guess it's just something that I've sort of learned to get better at when people critique, like sometimes I'll post a video and they'll be like, oh, that was cool until I saw the final photos. I hate your editing. And that doesn't like at first that like really hurt me. But now Mm -hmm. that doesn't really bother me anymore because I'm like, that's cool. Like I see people's editing and I don't always love it. Like, Mm -hmm. it's weird that you said that, like that you felt the need to say it to me, but I don't really get offended by that anymore. I mean, amazing. I love that. It depends. It's something I'm still working on. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, it has been really hard to navigate. Like Mason will tell you, he's like my shoulder cry on, like I cry all the time. But he he just told me the other day, he's like, I feel like you've already gotten so, because I got like a mean comment or something. And he was like, wow, you handled that like surprisingly well. I was expecting you to cry. Like that growth is good. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Has there been anything that you've like done specifically to kind of like keep these boundaries or like take care of yourself during all this. Cause I think as like online creators, it kind of just becomes our life. And so, especially when you are getting like negative feedback, um, from these random trolls, like who have nothing better to do, but like, it's hard not to take it personally. So are there things that you've like done to kind of take care of yourself during this or like prevent, I don't know. I love the idea of handing off your phone. I did that for stuff mm-hmm. for a while. I'd be like, hand me your phone. I'll just like do it for you. Like, I don't even want you mm-hmm. to see them. I'll handle it. But like, yeah. is there other things that you've kind of done throughout this last year to take care of yourself? Um, yeah, I think taking breaks is important. I'm 
like I'm obviously on my phone a lot because it's my job, but I'm not on it as much as I like used to be. I also like on TikTok, the kind of like double-edged sword with the app is that you're able to sort your notifications by comment. So I used to do that. And like for every video, like, you know, just go through all the comments and read all of them. I don't do that anymore. I feel like something that's really helped me is just not sort by comment and not read all of them. Like, you know, when I post a video, I'll check on it in the first hour to respond to comments. And then I just won't look at it again, uh, especially if it's starting to kind of like blow up because I know that that means that there's going to be negative just it's as much. Gonna... Well, not just as much. See, the thing is, it's like 1% negative, 99% mm-hmm. positive, And all you do is focus on the negative. Yep. So as humans, um, it's like so hard not to take it personally and like see mm-hmm. those things. So no, I love that. I think that's so smart. Um, what has been like your favorite part of like TikTok in this community? Cause I feel like you have such a loyal community now, which is so fun and amazing. What's been kind of like your favorite thing that's come out of like this whole TikTok experience. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing is seeing people recreate my photo shoots. I love like when they tag me and they say, look, I tried what you did, or they like post a video or message me just seeing people like taking my ideas and trying it themselves to like kind of experiment and get better at photography is like the most, like the biggest compliment, the most inspiring thing. Like I have every time someone tags me in a TikTok and tells me, oh, I was inspired by Marine and I did this. I like save it to my little collection. I look back on them. They're like, it makes my day seriously. So that's something I like didn't really expect. Um, but it's like my absolute favorite thing about social media. I think it's so cool. Oh, I love that. Okay. I would love to dive into that a little bit more because that is such a unique perspective on people replicating work that I don't think we hear that often. I think the industry right now is really sensitive and like kind of on edge. And it's especially like in the wedding industry, um, it's getting a little spooky with people getting really offended about people copying them. So it's rare Mm -hmm. to hear an opinion where you're like, I love it. (laughs) Like, please do it and tag me. Um, how have you kind of gotten your mindset there? Like, I would love to kind of hear more about your journey with people like purposefully replicating your work, because I don't think we get that perspective enough. I feel like people really only talk about how much they hate people copying them. Hmm. I mean, and I've definitely been there too. I think there's like a difference between like copying and replicating and like pretending that things were your own idea versus like being inspired by. Um, so, I mean, I've definitely had my fair share of people rip off my photo shoot ideas down to the caption and like pass it off as their own, which is like really hurts my feelings, but I don't ever say anything about it. Mm-hmm. I just move on. Um, I just think that like, that's so like that happening is so minuscule in comparison to like the beginner photographers, the young kids that just got their first DSLR and don't know how to use it and message me kind of like, Hey, I saw what you did. Such a cool idea. I've never done something like that. I never thought to take self-portraits or whatever. And I wanted to give it a try. Look how it turned out. What do you think? I feel like that is the vast majority of what I'm seeing with my work at least. And I want to like encourage that as much as possible because I don't know, I just think the world needs more art. And I think that like, as if you're not being like territorial about everything you do, you're just going to encourage people to support you more. And they're not going to feel afraid to like, I don't know. I, I feel like that that is such a huge thing in the photo community is like secrecy with like locations and, you know, editing and whatever it may be. 
And I feel like that just discourages your supporters to like want to connect with you and reach out to you. And I feel like the reason I've been able to get some like, like a loyal following is because I try to make them feel like not to be afraid to message me or like Mm -hmm. be inspired and recreate my stuff. At least I try to. So no, I love that. That like (laughs) made me feel all warm and fuzzy because I do think that that's something we've seen a lot in the industry is almost like a gatekeeping and it makes it really hard for new photographers to feel like there's a place for them in the industry. And I know even when I started, there wasn't a lot of education that was kind of before education, like picked up pace and people would be really secretive. But I was also like, so especially grateful for the people that were willing to help. Um, and so I think that says a lot about you and like your community that you, it is a community and not like a following. I feel like that's really how you can tell when people's hearts are in the right places with their education is that they think of Mm -hmm. it more of like a collective and a community rather than it being like, you're here to support me and I'm Mm -hmm. not going to give much back, but thanks for being here. Like that's so (laughs) discouraging. Um, so kind of talk to us, like, what does your community, like, what does your day-to-day kind of look like now? Because I know you said that you weren't expecting to do education. So how have things kind of shifted in the business? Yeah. So in December, a couple months ago, I launched a Patreon community, um, where I post a weekly video lesson on a topic related to like the technical side of how to do things in photography or editing, or like the business side of communicating with clients, contracts, taxes, that kind of stuff. So, um, I launched that a couple of months ago. It has, it's been a lot more work than I thought it would be. I don't know mm-hmm. why I thought I could do a video every week. Um, I know I'm like bold Marina. <laughs> I'm like, that is a lot of dedication <laughs> every week. Um, yeah. It's been hard, but Mm -hmm. it's rewarding for sure. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's cool because I've just like, I've wanted to talk about all this stuff for so long, but I like wanted to think of a way that I could like make it like a cool community for other people and like get feedback on everything. Um, So basically this Patreon community uh, post my video lesson, people can comment, people can vote on like what topics they want to learn about. Then I have like a Facebook group that coincides where everyone can just share their work and ask for critique and advice, stuff like that. So I guess my day-to-day is wake up, make coffee, go to my computer, um, answer emails and work on education. So I'll like script out my videos, figure out what topics I want to talk about. I'll film them. Um, I hired an assistant a couple months ago. My, I was going to say, I was like, are you doing this all yourself? Cause I'm like, this is wild. If you're doing this all yourself. <laughs> Um, I hired my best friend as my assistant, like in October of last year. So she's been helping me out. Um, she's like a video, she's a media production major. So Amazing. she like literally edits videos for a living. So I'm like, perfect. That's so she's literally been, the dream. <laughs> well, I edited my videos for like two months and then I'm like, what am I doing? I need to learn how to delegate. Like she literally mm-hmm. has a degree in this and I still, my control freak tendencies couldn't give it up. And mm-hmm. so finally I, I did that. And now my life is a million times easier. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, so she, she helps with like customer service for me, for my education. She edits videos, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so I just work in education, answer emails. Um, I've been working with brands a lot, which, um, takes up a lot of my time, but it's like so amazing and like what I want to be doing. So that's exciting. Um, and then, you know, still working with clients, editing photos here and there and amazing trying to squeeze in self-portraits too. Yeah, I know. I'm like, you do self-portraits too. And 
that's, I'm like, I feel like you do so many things. So how has this, like, I'd love to know, because I think when I first started my business, you kind of like go through these waves where like in the beginning, it was just picking up and it was kind of slow. So I like still had a lot of free time, but then as things picked up, my free time died down. And then my whole life was my business. Um, how has this like really quick growth kind of impacted your personal life? Like, are you, having to make like intentional decisions to make sure that your personal life is staying the same, or at least having its own personal life. Like what's that, that juxtaposition kind of been like of this huge growth and your personal life. I'm like, you just got engaged, which congratulations. Again. So I'm <laughs> like, you're you. planning a wedding. I'm assuming on top of it, which is wild. Like tell us all those yeah. things. Yeah. Um, I like, I made a decision towards the end of last year, maybe like November to take weekends off and the best decision. That was the best decision. I will say that I have not done that for the past month and a half. Mm-hmm. So need to work on that. But it's been just like hard because sometimes you have clients that can't shoot on weekdays and only are available on weekends. So you got to do it then. But um, I'm, I mean, I've gotten better. Like I think this month is better for me. Um, I'm traveling a little bit, but I'm taking the weekends off. So that's going to be exciting. I feel like my life just got, it felt so good when I was taking the weekends off, just working Monday through Friday, I was able to like actually go out and do things with Mason, take the dog on walks, hang out with our friends, stuff like that. Um, So I'm excited. I feel like this like January, February, beginning of the year has been really busy for me, but I've kind of taken a step back from a little bit of client work to focus more on like my personal life a little bit Mm -hmm. and having that extra free time and just, you know, committing to work on the weekdays as much as possible. So I love that. And I think too, having weekends to yourself is like such a good way to recharge. I feel like I always come back on Mondays, a much better business owner (laughs) when I Mm -hmm. actually take the weekends off. And I'm like, wow, what a concept when I actually have some time to refuel, I'm like a better creative. (laughs) I'm like excited about it to get to work. Cause I mean, I love my job, but yeah, having that time to refuel makes you just like a better business owner for sure. Mm -hmm. No, I think so too. And I'm the same. I'm like, if I take a break, I even like joke with my friends. I'm like, I'm that person where like after three days of vacation, I'm like, "Mm, I want to be working. Like I want to go back to work. Like I'm having, I'm like just excited to get back to my job. Um, so I love that. So we're seeing a lot of like community building. You're expanding so much. I'd love to know, like, as people, as like people who are listening to this, who are just wanting to break into the industry and like wanting to get started, do you have like any advice that you really like communicating to your community about like getting started in this industry, whether that be photography in general, social media, anything like that? Like what's your go-to, like, here's what I would do. Um, yeah, I feel like I have a couple things. First thing is that I feel like in a world of like education and YouTube tutorials and like, I don't know, YouTube university, you don't need to go to college anymore. There's so much Mm -hmm. out there. I feel like beginners sometimes have a tendency to like consume all this education and never like put it into practice. So my biggest piece of advice and what helped me like really find my style and my interest in photography is shoot every single day, like shoot, 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 shoot everything that makes you uncomfortable. So like, whether that be, say you're a little bit nervous about shooting in low light or with a flash or, you know, having your subjects to crazy poses, like really just try to do all the things that make you uncomfortable because that's just how you grow. And Mm -hmm. 
it may be bad at first, but that's how you improve. And that's how you find your style and put, put everything that you learn on social media and on YouTube and everything into practice, because that's like the best way to do it. I mean, that's great advice. I feel like that's the best advice. (laughs) If you're a photographer and you're trying to kind of niche down and you love to book a certain type of thing, whether that be couples and weddings or maybe crazy portraits. I think a really good thing for beginners to do is I kind of say like fake it till you make it and just start creating the type of work that you want to be booked for. So like if you want to shoot for brands, get together all of your earrings and necklaces and do a pretend like jewelry shoot and make it look like that. And kind of just build your portfolio with like spec work and show people what you're capable of and what they could get when they book with you. Um, I always think that's just good advice because when I like first quit my job, I was like, okay, I, I, I want to do everything. People should know that I do everything. So I'll just post everything. I'll post couple stuff. I'll post portraits. But what I really wanted to do was portraits, but I still felt this need to be posting all this other stuff to let people know that I did it. But once I like niche down and really just started posting only portrait stuff, that's when I got started getting booked for portraits more. So just kind of like figure out what you like most and create that type of work and try to tell people that that's what you're capable of. If that makes sense. I- Love that. I think that's one of the best pieces of advice, especially as you get into the industry is that, like you said, when you're shooting everything, it's hard to build like this super niche down portfolio. It's hard to like show exactly what you want to do. And I always tell beginners, I'm like, it would be in your best interest to spend like $300 putting together like a bunch of your dream shoots than to take like 10 sessions for $50. Cause you'll have no control over like what that's going to look like or what that's going to do for your portfolio. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you can get your portfolio up and running, I still do that. Even now I'm like, um, intentionally blank. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. Um, they're Mm -hmm. like a shoe company. They're my favorite. I own so many of their boots and I'm like, this is me just manifesting that I will be their photographer one day. But I like, I shoot my shoes of them all the time. And I'm like, and one day I need to do this sooner rather than later. I can pitch that to them. Cause I'm like, I've already shot mm-hmm. their shoes. Cause I own oh, yeah. so many pairs. So I think that's such a great idea. Like gather the jewelry that you have or like the products or whatever it is that you're wanting to do. I love that. I think that's great advice. I love that. Okay. So what's next for you, Marina? What's next on the docket? Like what's next for Marina Williams? What's up and coming? Like what can everyone expect from you in 2021? I'm like 2020 was such a big year. Like I can't even imagine what you're doing this year. Oh oh my gosh. Just trying to juggle it all. Honestly, Yeah. (laughs) not, not give up. Um, yeah. Um, I definitely want to keep focusing on education. I like have so many projects and like online workshops that I've been building and have not been able to pull the trigger on because I'm a perfectionist, I guess, or, you know, just that trusty imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a but... good combo always. Type <laughs> A and imposter syndrome is like the worst combo. That's me all the time. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm hoping that this year I can kind of focus on that a little bit more and really just pull the trigger. I think now that I have help from my fiance, my assistant, I'm like have a little bit more time to 
like really focus my efforts on education and stay tuned for that, I guess. Um, but yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. So tell us, um, where, or actually before you tell us where everyone can find you and all the things I always end each episode asking like what the best piece of advice is that you've ever been given. And it can be anything. It doesn't have to be business or photography related. Usually people have something that just like comes to mind. So I'd love to know what the best piece of advice is that you've ever gotten. Yeah. I mean, I guess I should have said this when we were talking about, you know, getting hate and, you know, negative feedback from people that you don't know. Um, Something that really helps me get through that because that was a really hard time for me um, is don't take criticism from someone you wouldn't take advice from. Mm, And I love that one. (laughs) That's really helped me a lot. And I think that can apply to more than just like social media, just like, you're passionate about something. If you love creating, create, don't let anyone's like perception of what you're doing, like stop from doing it. If it's what you love. I love that. That's such good. Advice. I'm like, it's literally applicable <laughs> to everything ever. So I love that. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us where everyone can find you on the internet, all the different things. Yes, I am Marina W photo on everything. Um, TikTok, Instagram. Yeah. Amazing. I love it. And yeah, I'm like anyone <laughs> listening, you have to go look at her TikToks. I love your TikToks when they show up. They're so like fun. And so I just love seeing how people shoot too. That's like one of my favorite things because everyone shoots so differently. So it's so, oh, yeah. It's so like, surprising sometimes see what yes. the behind the scenes looked like after seeing that final image. Oh my gosh. It's so fun. So I love your TikToks. So everyone go follow thank Marina you. <laughs> and Marina. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. This was amazing to get so much of your wisdom and your insight and your experiences. So thank you so much for being on. Thanks for having me Eden. You're the best. I love oh this. Gosh, it was so nice to meet you. <laughs> and thank you guys for listening and we will see you next time. Bye.